This is Ursula Hogan. Welcome you to News Extra on Scarab Bay Community Radio, where we feature interviews which go into detail on some of the events in the news. As reported in Scarab Bay Community Radio news in recent weeks, a serious backlog has emerged for those waiting for a driving test. Pat McNamara spoke to driving instructor Ken Granger from Ogunlow and asked him about the problem. This is Pat McNamara for Scarab Bay Community Radio, and now in studio I'm joined by Ken Granger, who is of Derg Driving School in Ogunlo. And uh, Ken, you're welcome. And Thank you very much. Us. Thanks for having me. Ken, first of all, you might tell us a little bit about your business down there in East Clare. Sure. I'm a driving school uh, owner-operator of Derg Driving School. I'm based in Ogunlo, so I, I service the areas of Ogunlo, obviously, Scarif, Mount Shannon, Nina, Limerick and Ennis. So I cover a large area, about Killaloon Balna as well, actually. And is it owner-operated or have yep. you others with you? No, just myself, one-man team. So you're busy? Very busy, yeah, yeah. Operating now about four years in the Agunlo area. And are, you know, things back to normal since the COVID restrictions or are you still limited in what you can do? Um, it is very slowly over the last few weeks actually allowing normal EDT, which is the essential driver training, to progress. So it had been very restricted for the last 15 months or so. Um, so it's now getting back to normal. Saying that things aren't back to normal, as as many walks of life aren't back to normal at the moment. So there there is a huge backlog between tests, theory tests, practical tests, and also lessons. Yeah, I believe there's. Uh, I think the numbers I've quoted here are one thousand five hundred nineteen waiting for a driving test, and two thousand nine hundred sixty five people waiting for a driver theory test. I presume that's in clear. Uh, I'm not certain if it is, but maybe yeah, that's, that. yeah, that's that's clear based. Um, that's a massive, massive, massive backlog to have to deal with. How do you think that can be dealt with, Ken? Um, well, the RSA have hired um, 40 new testers, um, but obviously they have to be trained and they have to go through the process of vetting. So even if they took them on today, it's still going to take months before they're fully up to speed. Um, so the RSA have said that at the waiting time, if everything was even, the waiting time for a person, if they apply today, is 25 weeks. So you're talking six months. Um, they're hoping to have that wait time down to 12 weeks by the end of the year. Whether that's hopeful thinking, maybe, but that's what they're trying to get to. And obviously you and all your your, your, your colleagues in the same business all over the country and Clare indeed are going to be extremely busy. But it's also, it's very, very frustrating for all the, I suppose, most of the younger drivers. But it's not exclusively younger people going learning to drive, but it's very, very frustrating for drivers who want to get on the road and simply have to wait, uh, you know, all this massive number of time. You know, it's a, it's a difficult time for everybody. Absolutely. Um, even for the theory test. Now, they, they are starting rolling in the, the theory test that you can actually do online. So you can sit at home to do the theory test that has been tested um, through the truck and the bus testing system. Um, but they're rolling it into the car testing system. So hopefully that will speed up the, uh, the theory test because the waiting time nationally for the theory test is 119,000 people at the moment. Uh, nationally for the driving test is 105,000 people. So obviously the waiting list is higher in cities, but... It's, it's still a large backlog, so they, ha- they have to work through it. Um, what I would tell anybody who's hoping to get on onto the system at the moment is to contact driving schools close to them. Um, you are going to wait. Um, I currently have a backlog of, of about seven months at the moment, um, and that's due to the continuous lockdowns that we have. 
I know my colleagues in the area um, <clears throat> would have similar uh, waiting lists, but contact the driving school as possible as you can, as early as possible as you can, and at least get on the list and get the process started. Apply for the theory test as soon as you can. And even as soon as you get your learner permit, apply for the driver's test, even if you haven't done your lessons, because the quicker you're on the list, the quicker you will get a test when your lessons are finished. That's all very good advice. Now, just to go back to your, your extra practicalities of your business, um, when people come to you and to get, uh, you know, a booking with you, where and, and where do you take them, you know, in terms of the, of the actual driving lessons? OK, so it, it depends on the driver's experience. So some people I meet have already been driving, um, so they're insured and they're, they're driving in a, a parent's car or they might even have their own car. And because they've been waiting so long, they've just decided to get on the road. Uh, those people, you could nearly take them to um, an urban area, maybe that might have a test centre close by that you, at least you can you can get them on the road and have them getting sample routes ready to go, you know, as, as we're doing the lessons. Other people are Sometimes they get into a car, they don't know what pedal is what. So you have to be very, very basic, build a structure from a very controlled environment and then slowly but surely start to work them up into dealing with traffic, dealing with the road position, especially around these areas. You have a lot of heavy machinery on the road, tractors and trailers. Absolutely. So you, you have to really work them in slowly to deal with that, that style of um, environment, especially with the heavy goods vehicles coming towards them. And from your own point of view, I suppose, apart from an intimate knowledge of the, of the rules of the road and indeed driving conditions, etc., and, and driving, driving uh, habits in general, uh, what qualities do you need as a, as a driving instructor, genuinely, in order to get, get across to young, young or not so young people, you know, to, to be confident and to be trusting, etc., when they're with you? Um, obviously, you need patience. Um, you need to have a level head. You need to remain calm in stressful circumstances. Um, and you need to be able to explain things in such a way that somebody who's never done it before understands it. Because everybody's driving on the road my age. I'm driving 25 years. And sometimes we forget that it's very, it's it's hard for a new learner driver. They have never done the process before where it's second nature for an experienced driver to operate the car, operate the controls in the car, where you have to really ba- break it down to basics and be quite a quite a detailed but a simple teacher as well, because once you complicate the issue, they only get half the information and you're, you're driving down the road at 50 kilometers an hour and you've traffic around you. So you kind of want them to get the important information, but also have the, the information that is relevant to observation and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. Oh, it seems like very good teaching yeah. points there, not to complicate it, especially. Now, cars are also changing, you know, as the years go on, uh, Ken, and I mean... You're talking about maybe, again, complications and, and some of the things in your mind nowadays, cars have set navs and you have all kinds of, you know, maybe driver assists, if you like. Uh, I suppose they're, they're great safety features in the sense and maybe, you know, but they're also maybe distracting of drivers. So, you know, what's your own opinion of the more cars are developed and with computers and all that? Does it actually make it easier for the new driver or do you think it makes it harder? The the, the driving... Um the, the the extras in the cars that you, you get now with uh, blind spot warnings, um, you get your reversing camera, you get your electric handbrake. They are tools to help the driver when they're driving generally. But in your test, they are not really to be used. You, your, your normal observation, your normal driving skills are what you're being tested on. Yeah. So you couldn't reverse and just stare at the reversing camera. You couldn't use the blind spot activation mirror to just tell you there's somebody in your blind spot. You have to physically look. 
Um, the electric handbrake is interesting. Um, they're creeping into nearly every car now and you can arrive at a driving test with electric handbrake and that's fine. You know, there's, there's no issue not having a manual handbrake on the car. So you can arrive with an electronic handbrake and it'll hold you on a hill and it will take the, the stress away from a hill start. So they're absolutely fine. So it's important for uh, learner drivers to realise even, even initially that they will be tested on, if you like, the, nearly the old-fashioned skills and abilities of looking around and checking everything uh, manually it's uh, ba- rather it's than just depending on the technology. Yeah, it's basic skills. So basically most learner drivers, when they pass their test, they can't afford a new shiny car. So they go for an older car. The older car yeah. doesn't have those, those <clears> new fancy tools. So they have to have those basic driving skills so that they are safe on the road for themselves and for the other road users. How can people contact you? You know, what's the easiest way to get in contact with you, Ken, if the people want a booking or to find out more about your, your service? The easiest way to contact me is through Gmail. So School at gmail.com or also you'll find me on a Facebook page of Derg Driving School. They're the quickest way to get me. And if, nearly finally, you're in a gun, based on a gun, low, it's probably fairly rural area. How had the business been going in normal times before restrictions, was it growing? And do you think you can grow it much further now that things are getting back towards normal, hopefully? Yeah, um, I hit the ground running when I, when I trained. I trained with Irish School of Motoring, so I'm an agent for Irish School of Motoring. So I actually got my first few jobs to Irish School of Motoring. Um, so the business built from then, and surprisingly, a lot of the, uh, the jobs were actually from local people who I knew. Um, and then word grew, and the business has been expanding over that four years. Um, and I would say 90% of my jobs are all locals or neighbours. So that's good, and that's the way it should be, and it's, it's, it's great to have another very important service in East Clare, if I may say so. So finally, um, the future, you'll be very, very busy. Uh, you'd like to grow the business, I'm sure. Do you envisage expanding to have people working with you, or do you think you'd like to keep it as an individual, uh, as an individual pursuit for now? At the moment, I'll keep it as individual just until this madness clears and we can figure out what the world is going to be like. Um, but plans to expand are always in the background. So, yeah, that, that could happen at some stage. But at the moment, I'm, I'm going to stay with myself and continue growing the business. You'll drive it on yourself, as I say. Drive it on myself, yeah. Well, Ken Granger, it's been a pleasure having you. We hope your little visit to our, our uh, Scarlet Bay Community Radio as theory here will help indeed to extend your business some little bit by opening it up to, uh, to new listeners and new, new people. So, uh, Derek Driving School, we wish every success in the future. And we thank Ken Granger. Thank you, Ken, for joining us today. Thank you very much. The Glenwood ambush occurred 100 years ago this year. While plans to mark the event has been affected by COVID-19 restrictions, the Glenwood Memorial Committee is still busy making commemoration plans. Pat O'Brien met up during the week with Patsy Neville, Chair of the Committee. Uh, my name is Pat O'Brien for Scarlet Bay Community Radio. I'm Pat Neville, the Chairman of the Glenwood Embers Memorial Committee. The committee have been to the new plaque at, at the site when bring the safe houses. So Patsy, you might give us a, a bit of a, an overview on the and the, the new uh, addition to the, to the site. Yeah, I guess uh, we're now celebrating the 100th anniversary of the Glenwood Ambush. I suppose back 10 years ago, we were celebrating the 90th anniversary and for the first time uh, down in Glenwood, we actually mapped the spot uh, where the Glenwood Ambush took place. And as part of that marking, actually, we put up a, a plaque uh, uh, celebrating the the, the 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 volunteers and their work and in the cause for Irish freedom, uh, that was ten years ago. So, 
And this year now we 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 need to do something for the hundredth anniversary. So what we we came up with the concept of the safe house because during the War of Independence there was an awful there was an awful lot of families actually that took a huge risk at actually sheltering the volunteers and providing food for them while they were on the run over many months. So. Uh, what we've done is uh, we have put up a plaque in the shape of a house, the safe house, and it was, um, it was sculptured by Michael McTighe. And it does represent um, the risk that were taken by these people. And of course, uh, having said that, these people were also talking about coming them on, who were very active at the time in, in the backup to the, to the volunteers. You're, you're um, launching a new book as well uh, on the hundred, for the commemorating yeah. the 100th anniversary. Yeah, back in 1990, we had a, a commemorative booklet, and uh, so actually, we have decided to actually um, run uh, enhance that booklet by 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 maybe increasing the size of the of the booklet. So in in, in effect, it's a new booklet to commemorate the 100th anniversary of the ambush. Uh, we are aware there was uh, 37 volunteers in Glenwood on that day, but. Since then, we have been also advised where other people have said that, uh, that uh, their relatives, some of their relatives, be their, their fathers, their uncles, or whatever, grand, grandparents, or whatever, were in Glenwood that day. So uh, we, we'll actually take an account of that and include all new information that we can uh, to enhance um, the offering to the public, read the, read the publication. So at the moment now, we that's scheduled to come out in September. So we are, if there's anybody out there that would have any information about any of the volunteers or anything at all associated with Glenwood or indeed uh, the safe houses or anything to do with the War of Independence, uh, we would love to hear from them. Yeah, I suppose we have, you, you had people from Fetal and you had them from Mount Shannon and Scarra from all, all around East Clare. And uh, I suppose you'd be appealing to anybody that have any, any, any bit of information or photographs or anything to, to contact that's, you. That's right, it's, conf- it isn't confined to... The the Kilkishan area whatsoever in actual fact you had uh, you had the, the number of the the, the, the flying columns of the, 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 the taking part all from different uh, areas such as Quinn Tulla Tulla Fiekel uh, Badaik Bradford etc you know so uh, you know like I say it's not it's not a local book at all it's a kind of a, a general book uh, related to the the War of Independence so any any information would be really appreciated. Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose as, um, as a later date you've been unveiling the plaque and uh, maybe launching the book. So yeah, we, we, we plan to do, we, we really, while we celebrated the 100th anniversary on the 20th of January last, which was the actual anniversary of the ambush, we we done that only in a very small way with only about three or four people present because of the COVID restrictions. And now we're hopeful that we'll actually celebrate the the 100th year of the ambush uh, before the year is out. So we are kind of planning, we're hopeful to plan maybe sometime in early October. We, we Ideally we want the booklet uh, completed by, by mid-September and uh, as COVID restrictions lift we hope to have an event in Glenwood to celebrate the 100th anniversary. Well Patsy, uh, thanks for your, your time and um, we hope to talk to you maybe with, with the, with the uh, you have been listening to News Extra on Scarf Bay Community Radio. Join us again the next weekend and we will keep you updated on local events. This is Ursula Hogan for Scarf Bay Community Radio.